It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 57. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're going to have some fun on this week's Go Gopher Podcast with one of our favorite Gophers. Softball star Natalie Denhartog from Hopkins, Minnesota, is the school's all-time leader in home runs with 58 career round trippers. She'll join us on today's show. She'll be adding to that career round trip number 58 every time she homers this coming season. The season gets underway this weekend in Florida. It's a tournament featuring the Golden Gophers, Western Kentucky, Butler, Portland State, and Colgate. Den Hartog is excited about the upcoming season, and we preview the season, including teams from the Big Ten. We'll talk about her background, growing up in a family that values athletics, her increased leadership role this year, and more. I know you'll enjoy the conversation, which we taped the day before the team left for the Sunshine State. As always, our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're thrilled they're with us here on the Go Gopher podcast. Our podcast is also sponsored by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. Like the Gophers, Affinity Plus is fundamentally sound with preparation, focus, and follow-through. Affinity Plus is a local Minnesota credit union providing all your banking needs, including a top-ranked mobile app and talk about community involvement, they have it, including great work with Special Olympics Minnesota and some of those polar plunges already started. Log on to affinityplus.org slash gogophers for more info. Our podcast is also brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. We are podcasting from the Aquarius Home Services studio for our episode 57. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. It's free to click the subscribe button. You can listen for free at any time as well. You can also go back and listen to previous podcasts, including last week's show, which is one of the best we've had so far. Last week, we had former Gopher football player and brand new defensive line coach Winston DeLatabadir with us. You'll love hearing from him if you missed it last week. This week, we're talking Golden Gopher softball with slugger Natalie Denhartog. It's the Go Gopher podcast episode 57. Our conversation is next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors. With more brokers, buyers, and offers, Sunbelt gets owners 15% more than the market average. Learn more about this True North company at sunbeltminnesota.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
It's episode 57, the Go Gopher podcast, and we're thrilled to have you all along with us. And we're going to talk Golden Gopher softball as uh, we continue to be uh, in the freezing cold here in the north. The Gopher softball team, as we tape this, is set to leave tomorrow for warm and sunny Florida to start their season. Yeah, it's already getting going. And the star player of the team, Natalie Den Hartog, the school record holder in home runs, RBIs, and all kinds of other things. Uh, uh, she has been with us before on Gopher Talks and different interviews offseason. And now done, uh, ready to roll into real play. Um, and you've now been around the block a time or two to know how that goes from maybe practicing in the indoor uh, to all of a sudden you hit the dirt. Uh, what is that transition like? And what do you think it'll be like on Friday when that first pitch comes in and the first ball bounces off the bat? Oh, I mean, honestly, it's just always super exciting. Like that opening day mentality where you don't know who's going to step up or what the team's going to look like or what your competition's going to look like. I mean, man, environment aside, it's just thrilling. And it's just me and another fifth-year Monty Bradley were talking the other day about how we can never sleep the night before the first game. So we were like, yep, Thursday night, no sleep. Just play it on it. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is there an adjustment, too, though, just in the difference of how the ball, even like if you're out in center field, the ball comes off the bat defensively differently than maybe it has uh, inside for sure and I think um, even state to state you know like playing in Florida versus playing in Arizona versus playing in Minnesota it all makes a difference and it's not crazy but it's just always something to be aware of you know going down to Florida you can expect the air to be pretty thick so balls won't fly as far windy too usually right yeah depending on the time I hope not too windy (laughs) wind's not my friend most days um but no, it's just just something to take a couple reps on and get used to. But you know, our girls are confident. We'll be we'll be all right with the transition. As you guys get ready to go, of course, a lot of new faces, and that's kind of the the new norm in in all sports, whether softball or not, in terms of uh, uh, transfer portal. And uh, so you're you're it's it, there are a lot of new freshmen, but there are also a lot of new players who have experience at other places. So um, how quickly does that come together, and how has it come together here? Maybe say in the last few months or weeks, even. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, this team is very new to Minnesota, all things considered. We have, you know, less returning players than we had new players. But since this group stepped on campus in the fall, we have gelled super well. Um, We just get along, and you can tell by the way we play and the way we practice that this group really enjoys playing the game of softball. And being a part of that is just super special because it makes showing up every day that much more easy. Um, But yeah, like you said, there's a lot of turnover, so it'll be fun to hit the field in a real uniform against a different opponent and see how this team takes that fun and that energy to to competing at a different level. Yeah, for sure. And when you you think about teams, whatever the sport might be, whether it's softball or football or what have you, um, skill is obviously important. You got to have skilled players and talented players to to get to what you want to get. But to have a team that uh, is on the same page is also, uh, I mean, you can elevate maybe higher than that potential talent level can take you at times. Did you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, softball is a team sport that's played on a bunch of little individual competitions, but but that gelling and that team camaraderie ends up being huge when you step on the field. So I for sure think it'll it'll help us get us to the next level and, and kind of chase after some of the goals we have this season. Softball is unique, too, that you have a little bit of a, of a warm-up. The fall season, you get some, I, I don't know if you call them games or scrimmages or what have <laughs> you, and some practice time, and you guys got that. Um, we're most 
most of the newcomers on campus by that time, and were you able to get a gauge as to maybe what this team will be about now that the the real uh, pitch goes into the air here this week? For sure. I mean, fall's a super fun time. Yes, we had everyone on campus, and everyone got to compete in the fall games. Um, and those fall games are fun just to give everybody an opportunity and see what everybody looks like in a game situation. Because, you know, no matter, no matter how many times you scrimmage yourselves in the indoor, it's just not the same. Yeah. It's just not the same as going against another team. Um, so, no, thinking back on those fall games, they were, again, super fun, and we're just super excited to see – who does step up in these real games coming up during season. And uh, I think it's six freshmen and maybe, what, seven or so transfers that are new faces on this uh, team. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing there are some softball fans listening, and they're going to know the names maybe better than I am because I'm kind of dived into gopher basketball right now trying to uh, you know keep my head above water with that. But who are some of uh, the players here that uh, gopher softball fans, as they're listening, uh, you might just and, – and hopefully don't forget anybody, but uh, <laughs> in terms of, okay – uh, keep an eye on on her. Uh, keep an eye on her. Who are some some players that we might want to uh, keep an eye on? Yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, top of mind, I think of our freshman Jess Oakland. Um, she's probably going to play see a lot of time at shortstop this year. And the first day she came out in the fall, you know, first practice, just us girls hitting around. She hit more bombs than I did. And I remember going back outside the back of the field to pick them up with her. And I said, hey, Jess, you think you're going to beat my home run record in four years? And she goes, well, I'm going to try. And so, you know, she's just a super, I mean, she is a talent that is very uncommon. And she has a great work ethic. So she is definitely just someone to keep your eye on, not only as a leader offensively, but a leader on the field as she grows and matures. So that's going to be super exciting. Um on top of that, Sid Schwartz out of Chanhassen, Minnesota, mm-hmm. is a pitcher for us and a freshman, and she is just super crafty. I'm super excited to watch her on the mound. Um, she's super competitive and strives to be perfect every time she steps up there. You know, we got to work on expectations because obviously perfect is never super reachable, but yeah. but she's going to be super fun to watch for sure. And then you mix in a couple transfers. You know, we have Amani Bradley, an outfielder from Cal, um, who's a fifth-year grandma with me out in the <laughs> outfield. Um, she's going to be a an offensive production for us as well as far as just getting on base and being a really smart base runner. Um, And then also a pitcher, J.C. Hambrick from GCU. Um, She's a little bit more of a power pitcher for us, going to throw some good down balls and and mix it up a little bit. And, I mean, that's just a handful out of – we have a bunch of great talent that is new and in, but those are some top-of-mind players that I'm excited to see. And you're still locked in at center field? Oh, man, I hope so. Number 31 out there? Yeah, you can ask Coach Wynn, but uh, I hope so. (laughs) Well, because, right, you started – you were mostly a DH early. You were on that College World Series team, and then – they finally said we got to utilize that athleticism and they put you in center field, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about what happened. You know, I played a little bit of left here and there when the shortened season, and then they were like, oh, you can try center now and we'll yeah. see how it goes. And been there since. But no, I'm, I'm super grateful. We have a great outfield coach. I've always talked super highly about her, but Coach Wynn's super knowledgeable and really shows strides in our outfielders whenever they come in. So she's she's great. I'm happy to play under her. Yeah, and of course, you're known for, for the home runs. 58, I think, is is the record. That's what you have now. And so every one you hit is a new record, per se. And um, But that said, I know in the spring I get a kick. If I'm not able to watch the games uh, you know, on, on BTN or BTN Plus or what have you, I'll thumb through my Twitter timeline. And it seems like almost every weekend there's some uh, highlight that's posted of you diving or robbing somebody or something out in center field, throwing somebody out at home 
plate. So um, you're known, obviously, just by the the gen- general fan as a you know this power hitter. But um, I'm guessing that uh, you take quite a bit of pride in turning in those highlight plays out in the outfield as well. For sure, you know, I mean, honestly, there's not a lot of pressure in the outfield because our number one job is catch the ball. So <laughs> I, you know, I consider my job a success as long as I do that. But you know, if you're looking for defensive players to watch on our team, Sydney Stralo at second base. I mean, she is a passionate defender. And it's not common, super common, for to have a, a really A-plus second baseman on a lot of Division One college teams. It's just not. But, you know, for Gopher fans wanting to watch someone who's just super impressive and on the defensive side of the game, look for some plays that Sid Stralo makes because she amazes me every day. So she's kind of too, if 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 I remember right, watching last year, kind of the uh, your energy uh, person, right? Like oh, she'll yeah. get things going. If things are down a little bit, yep. uh, you know, maybe a mistake or what have you, she'll get things going. Um, and then if things are going well, she'll just keep the party going, right? Yeah, she's been known to to do some heavy fist bumps on a walk. Like she'll draw <laughs> a walk and be like, "Let's go!" And it's just, I mean, it's great. We need it. She is our energy person. She has an alter ego that called Angry Troll because she's short. Um, that like when she. She gets fired up. We call her angry troll. But no, she is. She's a spark plug for sure. Um, all right. As you get ready for this weekend, um, it's a uh, tournament in Florida. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting because you go through your career. There was the one year where you played only Big Ten teams, right? Mm-hmm. You, you still went to Florida, but it was only Big Ten teams. But you'll be seeing, I think, like Western Kentucky and some others. I, I don't have it all. I don't have it in front of me. i yeah. ill-prepared here on this podcast. But um, <laughs> in terms of just seeing new teams and 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 getting that first, uh, you know, game under your belt or that first weekend under your belt, uh, how, how uh, eager are you just to see some some new uh, teams and, and not face the same pitchers here that you have probably? since, what, the 1st of December or something. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said earlier, no matter how many times you scrimmage yourselves in the indoor, it's just not the same as when you put on a uniform and you step in the box with someone wearing a different color and really trying to beat you. Um, and it just it's just super fun. Like, there's just not a better way to describe that feeling of getting to play other teams is that it's just super fun. Um, and on top of that, winning is also fun. So we're going to go in with the expectation to compete and compete to win in all of the games this weekend. You guys have had, over the years, this tough non-conference schedule, and it looks like it's another good one. I know you got the, the ACC Challenge coming up after this coming weekend. Um, and, of course, preparing you for then eventual league play um, how, how important is that too to get tested? You know, early in the year to know, um, you know, kind of where you're headed and what you need to work on, maybe, or, or you know, where your strengths are, and to keep keep those strengths, so to speak. Yeah, super, super important. You know, I think every weekend is a learning experience, kind of like you insinuated. Um, and every weekend matters. You know, even the the preseason weekends from the very first game is going to matter RPI wise come end of season. Um, so there's definitely just merit to to taking what you can from every game in preseason, whether it be good or be bad, um, and letting it help develop the team to what you want to be towards the end of the season. So every game matters for sure. Yeah, and and even last year you think about, if as I recall that, um, the, the uh, schedule was so tough and the Big Ten was tough last year that, um, you know, you end up in the tournament and it was, I think, just a few games over 500 record-wise, but because of that tough non-conference and then Mm -hmm. in-league schedule as well. You guys were ticketed into the tournament, right? Yeah, we squeaked by last year. And we honestly, like you're saying, we squeaked by because our strength of schedule was so high. Um, We hope to less than squeak by this yes. year at least that's my <laughs> hope um but no we always we always want to play the best competition playing the best competition makes you better we all know that so 
it'll be fun. How nervous were you, by the way, on that? As it turned out where your seating was, it you, you guys made it. I mean, it wasn't as nervous maybe as we thought it might be. Yeah. But that said, it was still, I'm sure, uh, for you guys, a, a nervous few minutes. Was, did you guys get announced right away, though? Was that, we did, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that helped a little, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So going to Oklahoma, we were like the first team they put up on the screen. We're like, oh, yeah. okay, we're good, we're good. Everybody <laughs> could calm down. But no, it's, it's super nerve-wracking. I mean, our program, Minnesota Softball, has high expectations. We have expectations to be a top team in the Big Ten, to make regionals, to compete at the highest level. And that's what we want to uphold. So last year, not only was it nerve-wracking, because, heck, I don't want to be done playing softball by the time the Big Ten tournament's done. But also nerve-wracking because we have, you know, uh, a reputation and and values that we want to show through the program every year, and we hope to to come back and do that stronger this year. Yeah, and and certainly as the season gets going, then you have an idea of, of where that takes you. Um, you. You mentioned the, the the program and the history. You've played in a College World Series. You've played in many NCAA tournament games. Um, that said, it is a new day and age. Now, I know in softball you could always transfer without having to sit out, so that part of it hasn't changed, but I think the uh, may, maybe the stigma of it, like like it used to be, and I don't know if that was right or wrong. It used to be, oh, if you're a transfer, something happened at the old school, or you didn't get along with the coach, and and now it's just you know basically free for all. So that said, this is going to be kind of a touchy question because the the tradition is here. So I'm not trying to downgrade what's going on, but mm-hmm. you're you're a pretty good power hitter. Did you at all ever think about it? And I suppose there's probably people that back channel reached out and said, hey, we could use a record-setting home run hitter at some national power or whatever. Uh, take me through that. Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, the transfer world right now is pretty crazy. Um, and I, it's hard to speak on it as someone who's obviously never transferred because I know there's so many valid reasons to transfer out there. And um, everybody has their own story and has what's right for them. Um, and I always want to respect that no matter what. Um, for me, I just, being a homegrown Minnesota kid, having a a Minnesota kind of community and family behind me, there was just always so much merit and value to staying loyal to Minnesota, kind of come what may. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that meant, despite, you know, coaching staff changes, despite personnel changes, despite the ups and downs of different seasons, um, think about transferring. Sure, everybody thinks about, oh, what would it be like over there? What would it be like there? Actually consider it, no. You know, it was it was about family. It was about sticking it out with a program and building something that, that I could walk away being super proud of. You know, a career I could be proud of, a career my parents could be proud of. And so, nope, Minnesota has my heart. Whether yeah. I want to admit it or not, you know, the negative 30 degree weather, I can't leave. <laughs> so here I am. But no, I'm, I'm proud to be here, proud to proud to wear the maroon and gold. Start a gopher, finish a gopher. That's right. Right? That's right. No doubt. Now, you mentioned your family We've talked about this in many of our interviews in the past, so some of this is old uh, news for some people, but uh, certainly there'll be, you know, not everybody listens to everything that ever goes out, but uh, your family uh, is an a- it has an athletic background. Your dad was the coach, football coach at Hopkins. Um, we'll, we'll get into the fact that he and I were college teammates, uh, college baseball back in the day in a minute, but um, uh, your family, uh, so they can just jump in the car. <laughs> and they're ready to watch you play in a oh, home yeah. game in like 10 minutes, 12 minutes. So yeah. that that's kind of part of what you're saying. But what was it, you know, what what how important was, uh, you know, family to you just uh, to get your start in athletics, knowing that your dad was a former college athlete and a, and a head football coach at a, at a 
power high school here. Yeah, no, super important. I mean, I think every family has their thing. You know, like some families like, oh, we're a theater family. You know, yeah. we're a band family. And that's great. You know, every having a thing is great no matter what. Our family's thing is we play sports. I mean, a ball was placed in my hand from the time <laughs> I knew what a ball was. And like, that is great. And I think um, sports have always been the way that my parents and I connected growing up. And obviously we have a more adult to adult relationship now, which is awesome. Um, but it's just, it's just great. It just has brought our family closer in different ways and got to experience a bunch of different things. So um, our family plays sports, and that's just a fact I've lived with and loved my whole life. So it is what it is. It is what it is. To the point where you – we've talked about this before. You you played youth football right up until freshman year. Is that right? Well, a little less than that. It was like sixth or seventh. Sixth, yeah. yeah. Linebacker, you were kicking You were yeah. kicking butt, right? Yeah. Every, it's funny. Every year someone asks me about playing football, it gets older. Like people are going to yeah. be like, you played through high school, right? I'm, yeah. I'm just going to start saying yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was a, I was a letter yeah. winner. First team all conference. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. No, no. But it was – was super fun. I'd be like, I was bigger than the boys then, and I played running back, linebacker. It, I just liked the physicality of it, and I liked running, and I just thought it was what you did. You yeah. know, it was just, oh, you get to this age, you just play football. It wasn't weird. It was just that was what we did. Yeah, and that's what were I you did. the only girl on the team usually? No, we actually had you know within the Hopkins Football League, you know, youth. HFL program. I think there was like three total girls, maybe one other at my age level and another in a different age level. But it wasn't, it was a great, super welcoming community. I mean, the only people that ever looked twice or thought twice about it was the opposing teams. And I always had my boys to back me up. So it was, I mean, it was a great experience. (laughs) Was there ever a time where you like put a hit on, uh, you know, a kid and he's like, Either got teased, and again, you know, because kids are stupid, mm-hmm. um, or that you you would look at him and he'd be like, "I can't believe this just happened." Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it was my favorite moments when we would walk into warmups for a game, and you'd hear, "Oh, they got a girl on their team," and it'd be like, "Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go. On. Time to turn it on." <laughs> and so, no, for sure, you always got that. But I mean, it was just fuel to the fire at that point. So now, you have a did you have a ponytail coming out, or how did they know? Because you know, with a helmet, you couldn't necessarily tell. It was it was the long hair coming out and then eventually we got to a ponytail but you know age 10 it was just like hair down helmet over it just nasty greasy stuff but (laughs) but it was fun (laughs) how do you think that helped you uh in terms of of your athletic uh confidence or mentality playing football uh and then as you moved up uh you know obviously you played softball did you play hoops too or hockey or yeah i played basketball basketball? through uh sophomore year granted i went to hopkins so i never saw past you know jv yeah uh Unashamed about that, um, but yeah, no, they're, I, they're pretty good in basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're pretty good. Um, but no, I also played. You know, I played baseball before softball too, so I also got to play with the boys in that. And honestly, as a competitor, it's just never really mattered who was throwing the ball or who was on the other side of the ball. It was just about winning. It was just about competing, and it was about. You know, from a very early age, my parents said, hey, you know, we play sports not just to win or just to compete, but we play because they teach you lessons. It teaches you how to face failure, how to be a good teammate and all these things. So environment wise, whether it was playing with the boys in football or baseball or then switching to softball or playing basketball, it was just about competing. And how can I grow as a person on and off the field, on and off the court? no matter who I'm playing or no matter who I'm with. So if it, if it was just a, a football league of, of all females, you would have think oh, had the same competitive. For sure. Like playing against boys didn't necessarily create a, a, a bigger compete level for you. Right, right. It didn't matter. It was just you it, were competing. Yeah, it was just competing. It was just trying to win. So you went from baseball. Then when did you start playing softball? I think I officially started playing softball around 11 or 12 
Um, I think I made it through a couple years of kid pitch baseball. I'm not sure when the transition yeah. happened, but then they were like, all right, time to time play to go softball. play some softball. But. Yeah, and and then what was that like as you're going from, you know, pitching overhand and, you know, playing with, I, I guess, depending on the age, either 90-foot bases or not. Maybe they were 80 at that age group. But mm-hmm. uh, And then you're into a, a little smaller diamond and, and windmill pitching as, <laughs> as opposed to overhand pitching. Honestly, I remember no difference. And I think you get that little, like, uh, ignorance is bliss at that age where you're just sure. up there to swing the bat and, yeah. like, no, not even aware of anything else. Um, yeah, I remember no difference of the transition. How many um, – now, your dad was a college baseball and football player, and as we mentioned, I, I, I hinted at it a little earlier. We've talked about it in the past. He and I were teammates. Uh, I played baseball at Luther. He played baseball at Luther. He was two years older than me, so he was uh, – when I came in as a youngster, he was, um, he was already established as the starter in center field. And then he also was the starter at safety in football. Mm-hmm. And I also was uh, competing against him in intramural basketball. And he was about the best player in that league, too. So I think he probably could have played <laughs> basketball if they – he might have even. Now, he did, did, he, did for, he for a I year? I think the first year. Yeah, and he, then I, just got to be so too he's much. He trying all three sports. Um, so obviously a good athlete. And then, uh, you know, and then uh, into the coaching world. Um, how uh, much one-on-one training, whether it be just going to the cage and taking – batting practice or even when you're younger throwing the ball around or a football or going to shoot baskets? I mean, how many hours do you suppose? Oh, man, I don't have an (laughs) estimate for that, honestly. Um, You know, the best way I can put it is that I have, I mean, I have the best parents I could have possibly asked for athletically in a sense that it was just always supportive. It was never forced. Um, My dad's philosophy was anytime you want to go hit, throw, shoot hoops, whatever it was, I'm just not going to say no. Yeah, That was what it was. And so it was never, hey, we have to go do this, but it was, Dad, you want to go hit? Oh, yep, let's go. Let's go to the park. Oh, you want to go shoot hoops? Yep, let's go down. Um, And it was just, that's just what we did. And it was fun. And, I mean, I have a great relationship with both my parents, and it has largely stemmed from all the hours we spent playing sports or talking about sports. Um, But, no, I I couldn't count up the hours if I tried. I I didn't have a hitting coach growing up. My dad was it. He was the hitting coach, and I'm proud of that. Um. But no, there was it's a lot of days at the park for sure. I was. Um, I, we've talked about this also in the past that you have that little kind of leg kick, uh, which is unique. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and and when I see it, it to me it reminds me exactly of how your dad hit when we were <laughs> on the baseball team. He had that just almost a coil, just a little recoil, and then you spring into the into the swing. And so I um, had convinced or have convinced myself that he must have taught you that. Maybe it's just DNA. I don't know. But then last year, another mutual teammate of your dad and I's who lives in St. Cloud, we went, we, long story here, we went to the Luther baseball game. They played Hamlin over at the Saints field. So we met there and watched that that game, and that was all fun. So I saw it. And then um, he was just peripherally uh, new of your story, and so I was telling him more about it because he was your dad's eight, same age or maybe you're younger. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Anyway, he then started watching games, and he's like, I don't see it. I don't see what you see in that co- <laughs> in that uh, batting stuff. I'm like, you're crazy. Like, it, it's exactly that. So uh, we can, you know, did he teach you the the the, the little step there? He the did. Little re- see, I knew yep. it. All right. So yep. I was right, as usual. People need to listen to me more. But yep. anyway, yeah. Yeah, it was it – was, um... Like, one day he was like, we just need to figure out how to hit it over the outfielder's heads. And I was like, all right, I'm game. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and then uh, we just taught the leg kick, and I've been yeah. doing it ever since. And then it got to a point in high school, they are like, why do you do that? And I was like, I don't know. I just do it. Like, yeah. it just is what it is now. So, so that's a John Den Hartog special. Oh, right for there. sure. Yeah. I knew I saw like, yeah. it. Seriously, I'm, I'm not making it up. And back, you know, your dad and I are old enough now. There's no game tape. 
Like, there was like nobody filmed anything back then. I, I mean, I, I stumbled upon a picture that I think my parents took, and that's about the only only thing you got of of back then, right? But it was, um, and and you guys were the same number. He was thirty one in both football and, and baseball, so mm-hmm. that, that's pretty cool. Now we've talked about your dad a lot over the years. Your mom was also she also went to Luther. Yep. Uh, is she was she a sports fan as well? Obviously, I didn't know her as well as as your dad is. You know, because we were on the same team. She was. You know, she was less into organized sports and more did like she did dance and pom pom in high school. And then come college, I mean, my mom did not compete on the field or on the court or anything. But oh man, if you will not meet a more disciplined person when it comes to working out, she I mean she is on the stairmaster for forty five minutes like every day of the week. And it, I I was home over winter break and I went to go work out with her a couple times. I was dying. <laughs> she put you out. Yeah, and and like and she just had knee surgery in the summer, so she wasn't even at her at her A game. And I was like, oh my gosh, mom. So no, athletic wise and sport wise, you know, she was not part of the organized competitive side, but man, does she do a great job just competing against herself every day. Um, and I think you know I learned a lot about sports from my dad, but I also learned a lot about sports and competing against yourself and just drive yeah Yeah. and just that drive and discipline from my mom so definitely a credit to the both of them and yeah they're great (laughs) did they all the way come up through uh like going to every game oh yeah yeah oh yeah I mean yes they they unless it was for my other siblings which also had good sports careers and are very smart and accomplished (laughs) you gotta get that out yeah I love them they're great yeah because they probably yeah now how, how many brothers and sisters do you have just one brother one sister okay so and so I'm sure there's times um like my nieces and nephews, uh, my brother and sister-in-law, they have to like literally sit down like on Sunday and plan their week. Uh, well, you got to go to his game and you got to go to her game and here's how it works. Yep. And I'm sure that, that your parents had that going at times. For sure. For sure. You know, I got lucky to be the youngest. So in the sense that once I started my collegiate career, it was kind of all me yeah. um, and I get to be the spotlight, which is fun, super yeah. fun. Um, but no, they definitely finagled it for a while growing up. And I spent countless hours at the ballpark watching my siblings play, so they get to you know put in the hours now. Um, but no, it, it's been fun. They they make everything they possibly can. So yeah, so you were the young ones sitting around at the picnic table throwing rocks when they were playing in youth baseball oh, or softball for tournaments sure. and all that. Yeah, yeah, begging yeah. mom for a subway sandwich, yeah. anything I can to get through the day. Yep. Did the, do your parents go to most of the road games now too, or do they yeah. try? I mean, they do. They they'll drive to every single Big Ten game they can. They try to make most of the travel trips. Obviously, some are just a little unfeasible with work and whatnot, but yeah. they're going to be at just about all the weekends this year. Let's talk for a quick minute here about Affinity Plus, your local credit union proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and will always put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including a location right here near campus in Minneapolis, right on University. To learn more or find another way to connect, go to affinityplus.com org slash go gophers that's affinityplus.org slash go gophers affinity plus federal credit union federally insured by ncua all right so you got this weekend it opens softball is so important uh in the circle pitching um you you hinted at it a little bit earlier so let, let's let's dive in a little deeper you've got um autumn who is back almost an amber uh, she's been <laughs> gone a while but you got autumn and amber have you ever yelled the wrong name from the outfield the I, announcers have have they yeah, yeah. yeah so uh autumn is back and had a really good year last year um tell us about how she has done um in this offseason and what you expect from her yeah autumn is a super admirable competitor and pitcher in general the best thing about autumn is that she gets better 
better with better competition. I mean, if you look at her career here at Minnesota, she has thrown the best against the top components. She's, you know, threw lights out against UCLA a couple times. She's threw lights out against Florida State one year. Um, she's just competitive, and she just knows when to amp up her game. Um, it's super fun to play behind her because she is she's kind of tricky and kind of gets in the hitters' heads. Um, so that'll be exciting. But no, I'm. I'm super excited. She's put in a lot of great work in the offseason and just working on staying healthy and making sure she's ready to go for the season. And has it gotten different, too, even maybe since you started as a college player, that it seems um, – and maybe it was just because Amber Pfizer was such a – so good where she mm-hmm. pitched, you know, almost every game. And and, and there was, you know, uh, right before you got there, there was uh, – you know, Sarah was here and others before, but where there's more – Teams are using more pitchers, do you think? For sure. I think that's a huge trend all throughout college softball. I mean, I think even if you look at, like, regionals last year, the pitchers that you would think would be dominant still got pieced up. You know, honestly, I think just like softball and baseball, you go through phases of, oh, the hitters are really good, now the pitchers are really good, and you kind of go back and forth. Right now, honestly, if you look at collegiate softball, I would say the hitters are very good. And the best teams aren't the best teams because they have one good pitcher, but because they have two or three or four and can kind of pitch by committee. So, no, that's definitely, you know, Autumn is a stand out for us for sure but we also hope to back her up and be able to pitch by committee this year a little bit more than we did last year as I think most successful division one teams will right yeah. yeah that's what I was wondering so it's going to take more than than one and you mentioned earlier uh Sydney Schwartz she's the freshman and she's kind of all-around player right she has played mm-hmm. in the field and and yep. hitting but I think she, at least for now she's zeroing in as a pitcher yeah yeah she does still you know she does still hit she does still take reps in the infield for sure she's just a good athlete um but she's just someone who's definitely impressed me in our preseason scrimmages um like I mentioned we also have GCU transfer JC Hambrick on yep. the mound and then Florida State transfer Bree Enter who is also a very good crafty pitcher so we have a good staff this year. I'm super excited to watch them work and work as a staff and back each other up and kind of throw hitters off in yeah, that And sense. so you've been facing those four now, right? Yep, for over and time. over again. So without giving the opponents too much, although I you know, I doubt Western Kentucky is going to listen to the Go Go for <laughs> podcast, but um, give me a little, what, 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 what is each pitcher's strength? What, what's, what's the best thing about each one of these uh, pitchers? Oh, man, I think, well, one thing you have going for the staff is they all do something a little bit different. Um, you know, Autumn, I, will, I can say this on podcasts every knows that Autumn has a great changeup. She hides it super well and can throw people off balance even when you know it's coming. I mean, heck, I knew it was coming last weekend and I capped one off the end, like swinging butt to back <laughs> to the pitcher. And I was like, I knew that was coming. I still couldn't hit it. Um, no, and JC, like I said, will be a little bit, she'll throw a little bit more firm, a little bit more of a power pitcher um, and spot the ball well. Uh, Bree is a good mix kind of between Autumn and JC and we'll have a little bit more up and down um, and kind of play around with that. And Sid Schwartz is very similar to her sister, Maddie Schwartz, who has been super successful at Wisconsin. Um, and they're just crafty. Like, I don't know how another way to describe the way that those girls pitch. And I tried to convince Maddie to come here this year and I couldn't do it. But um, <laughs> but they're just crafty. She's going to keep you on your toes. She's going to throw different speeds and she's going to get in your head and try to make you guess. And She's yeah, it's gonna be fun. What's the back and forth like between the hitters, especially like you who has you know all these records going against your own teammates through weeks and weeks? Is there some good trash talking, or is it usually pretty good? Uh, you know, just good sports. Usually we keep it pretty good sports. Uh, you know, I think there's a difference between honestly the way male and female trash trash talking <laughs> happens because yeah. I'm sure if you took a baseball team in our sense, it might sound a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's super super competitive. But I'd say we keep it pretty respectful as a whole. Gotcha. So she got you on the change up with the full sling bunt, but if you like then take her yard after that, is that like, do you just 
You know, you don't like bat flip or anything. No, 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 no. I mean, I know if I bat flip, I'm going to swing out of my, my shoes at a couple more change-ups the next at bat. So, no, if I if I hit a good one, I just put my head down and go back to the dugout. So uh, You have accomplished so much. We've mentioned the records. You're on, like, every preseason watch list and such. But that said, you have a fifth year. Are, were there some things from last year moving into this year that you worked on in the offseason? Yeah, for you sure. Thought, hey, I can even take another step potentially. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for me as a fifth year, a lot of it is mental. Um, so a lot of it's just working on strategies to stay calm and to not guess and just be real patient in the box. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, of course, little tweaks with swings happen here and there throughout any practice. Um, but no, going into this year, I think the big biggest thing for me will just be mental. Is there... Um any, do you feel any extra pressure, like you want to really have a great year, both personally and then as a team too? Or is it – because I, I, I could see it both ways. That, oh, it, this is almost a free year. Like you, mm-hmm. like your eligibility should be done. You gotta, mm-hmm. You're got you a super senior. Uh, whatever happens, happens. So where do you fall in the spectrum there? Yeah, you know, I think I have angel and devil on my shoulder on both sides. You know, there is <laughs> expectations as always. You know, you have goals individually and as a team to be successful. But more than anything, and this is what I've said to people who have asked, is just wanting to leave the program better than I found it. And I think for me that this year really just means doing the best I possibly can as a leader more than anything else. And, you know, things, results that come on the field, they, I only have so much control over that. But I can control how I help my girls get better. I can control how I help them become smarter, more aware players so that when I leave, someone else can step up next year and do the same things I did. Did you have that as a freshman too coming in? Because that was a pretty good team, you know. Yeah. And did you have some some older players that kind of helped show you the ropes? I mean, they probably mm-hmm. were like you when the first uh, you know the first uh, few batting practices. You're hitting more homers than some of these established players are. So um, now you're seeing someone hit homers and for sure trying to do the same thing. No, for sure. You know, I think of Maddie Houlihan every time anyone asks me about a leader my freshman year, just because she was direct and smart and aware and knew the game and knew what she wanted Minnesota softball to look like. And that's kind of who I've tried to emulate as I've come up through my career. And I feel like Maddie Houlihan because I feel like I'm watching girls who I know will be better than me, but that doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know, as a fifth year, you know, if you would have asked me my sophomore year, if a couple girls come in and are better than me, I would have been like, oh, you yeah. know, oh, crap. But no, I mean, I want that. I want this program to grow. I want girls to come in with exceptional talent and wear the, you know, the maroon and gold with with quality and with values and character that we can all be proud of. And and trying to just foster that environment, I think, is the number one thing that needs to happen this year. You're in, and, and you mentioned the program. It's still in really good shape from a standpoint too of. Um, when you play home games, there's most of the seats are full. Mm-hmm. I, j- I actually looked last week just out of curiosity. It looks like uh, you know season tickets. You got to get on a waiting list here, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Now you guys will be in Florida and and North Carolina and other places the first handful. But eventually the snow will melt and you'll be playing on the home field there. What's that like playing in that uh, in that stadium? One and two, uh, when most seats are full on those nice April uh, weekends when the sun's out and and mm-hmm. that softball community of Minnesota shows up. Oh, there is nothing better than that. There's really nothing better than that. And I like the pride we have as Minnesotans that like, yeah, we only get a few home games. Yeah, Yeah, we only, it's probably going to be cold. It's probably going to be a little crappy here and there. Maybe the sun will poke out and we'll all be happy. Like, I don't know. But but it's it's just that kind of chip on your shoulder. Like, I don't care. We're here to compete. We're here to have fun. And we know our time is limited. So we're going to make the most of it. And we had great fans come out for even the fall games. Um, So just that, that community around Minnesota softball is just super special. Last few for you this first weekend. Um, how much is it about you guys? I mean, is there going to be a lot of scouting work on 
other teams too and the pitchers do you see how much you know obviously once Big Ten starts I'm sure you're watching pitchers and film mm-hmm. and those kind of things in terms of your offensive stuff but is that the same with non-conference a little bit or is it more like I know what I want to do when I'm in the batter's box bring it and let's go yes and no you know I think you definitely do we do our due diligence and we watch film and prep for the pitchers we know that the non-conference opponents are going to have with that being said given the first week of season people have great freshmen that no one knows about right. or this and this transfer that transfer that no one knows about so you can only do so much so I would say going to the first weekend it's about covering your bases it's about feeling confident in your swing having a solid approach with the information you do know but definitely not overthinking it definitely not committing, you know, gung-ho to one certain plan, but just being adaptable and kind of feeling out what's going to fit with your swing. You mentioned that you won't be able to sleep uh, as we take, <laughs> this is a Wednesday, so you guys travel tomorrow. Yeah. That will be the, d- the day before Friday's first game. So tomorrow night, no sleep. No sleep tomorrow night. What will it be like when you get in the batter's box for the first time? Are you still, do you still get butterflies? Do you get nervous? Or are you just fifth year senior calm? Oh. Let's go. Yeah, from the outside, you're going to think I'm calm, but believe me, I'm shaking on the inside. Yeah. I mean, I have always been someone that gets nervous, but, um, you know, I read something somewhere that's like, when you get nervous, it either makes you 15% better or 15% worse. So I choose to make, to think that yeah. it's going to make me 15% better because I know there's going to be butterflies. I know there's going to be excitement and nerves and a little bit of shakiness, but it just is what it is. Yeah. That's what you get. I mean, we live for that adrenaline rush. There's not probably going to be another time in my life where I get to put on a uniform and be shaky and go swing a bat. I hit, mean, hit the ball 360 feet and then jog the base. Definitely try right? to, yeah. you know? Um, so I just, it's yes, I will get nervous. I will get excited, but I'm, I'm ready for it. Is it the newness of the season or even come, you know, April 3rd and it's a Minnesota-Wisconsin game out here, will you still get butterflies when you step in? I think for sure butterflies every game. Every time I step in the box, I get a little bit of that that jolt. Um, I think it, it comes and goes throughout the season. Obviously, different pressure moments bring different times. Um I think there's great research happening about like the mental side of sports. And I think there's merit to say that, look, I am human. So every time I step in the box, given the whatever success or failures I've had before this moment, I'm nervous. Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. still a competition. I still have opportunities in front of me that I want to take advantage. So no, I'm human. I, I step in the box with nerves just about every time I step in the box, but you got to choose to think it it's helping. Yeah. So. And let's face it, no matter how skilled you are, you're still facing somebody who might be bringing 68-mile-an-hour fastball. You got like 0.3 seconds, if that. Yeah. I don't know what the time is to determine. For sure. So, I mean, if, if not nervous, or at least has to be an energy level, For if sure. you're not energized, you're not going to hit that fastball. Absolutely. And I mean, heck, it could be the worst pitcher in the world, and it could be the best pitcher in the world, and I'm still probably going to be nervous because it's still <laughs> someone trying to beat me, and I'm trying to beat right. them. And so it's just... It's just competing, and it's just that adrenaline you get from it. Well, it's exciting. Um, we can't wait to see that first game on on uh, Friday, and then uh, obviously can't wait to see those first uh, few home games when uh, the crowd gets out here. And for sure, uh, good luck. Okay, last one. I uh, do you know? I mean, can you handicap the Big Ten yet? Is it too early? Like who 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 are teams to beat if you guys want to get to where you want to get? I mean, all of them, but I think top of the Big Ten will likely be Northwestern, of course, Michigan. You know, Illinois put together a great team. Um, Ohio State's on the up and up, so there'll be there'll be a lot of good competition in the Big Ten. So we're definitely excited to. And you it feel for good that. about getting in there and, and having a shot for sure. Yeah. For sure, we want to compete at the highest level, and that means not only out of conference but in conference and anytime we step on the field. But we're gung ho. We're ready to go. Awesome. Well, we're ready to watch. Thanks so much. It's <laughs> yeah. been fun.
Thank you. Appreciate it. Natalie Den Hartog, all-time home run leader in Golden Gopher softball history. It's episode number 57. My thanks once again to Gopher center fielder Natalie Den Hartog for joining me on this week's Go Gopher podcast. Such a bright light and a great personality. I hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also proud to be supported by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. Go to affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus sponsors our player profile each week, supporting Gopher student-athletes. We're also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to click the subscribe button right now on the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen. And please share the link on your social media channels so others can listen as well. We'll talk again next week. <laughs>